Welcome to BDO Talks Arissa, a monthly podcast recorded live at BDO. Each month, we'll be talking best practices around all things Arissa, how to avoid common compliance issues, how to navigate the tricky ins and outs of Arissa's fiduciary provisions, and discussing our own experiences working for BDO's Arissa Services Group and the insights we share through the Arissa Center of Excellence. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes or Spotify. Let's get started. Welcome back to BDO Talks Arissa. I'm Joanne Zupka. Thank you for joining us today. As we all know, Secure 2.0 was signed into law on December 29, 2022, and includes over 90 provisions impacting all types of retirement vehicles. Some provisions are mandatory, while other provisionals are optional. Effective date for the provisions vary, with the majority of the provisions having an effective date between December 29, 2022 and December 31, 2025. Recently, BDO, we held a webinar on January 19th, and one of our polling questions was, what provisions would you like to hear more about? And our top two responses were automatic enrollment and long-term part-time employees. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Joining me today is Norma Sharara, the Managing Director in our National Tax Office. She is an employee benefits and executive compensation professional with more than 25 years of experience with an emphasis on retirement plans, executive compensation, and mergers and acquisitions. You may remember Norma from a previous episode where we were discussing long-term part-time employees under the original SECURE Act. Welcome back, Norma. Thanks. Pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me back. This seems like secured, whether it's The original 1.0 or 2.0 is going to be keeping us busy for a while. Indeed. Just before we start, what is your overall feeling about Secure 2.0 and kind of what you're hearing out there? I think it is huge as far as building on the original Secure Act. This kind of is an additional 90 or so changes that will apply to most workplace retirement plans. I think it's going to keep consultants and accountants and lawyers and everyone busy for the next 10 years. In fact, Congress essentially has a 10-year cycle for enacting major changes to retirement plans. They had the Pension Protection Act in 2006, then the first SECURE, and now this. I think it's going to be a long time until we see another round of major changes due to some feeling of fatigue on Capitol Hill because they did give us two very large pieces of legislation that was pretty much a grab bag of everything that people had been asking for. So other than technical corrections, I don't think we're going to see major pension legislation, I'm going to say, for the next five to 10 years. Yeah, we're going to need that time for everyone, as you just pointed out, uh, to catch up with the current legislation that's been released. Including the regulators who have to issue rules. They still haven't issued all of the rules for the first SECURE Act, and and now they've got to go back to the drawing board and integrate, perhaps, how to change those rules in light of SECURE 2.0. As I said, never a dull moment. So the provisions that we're going to talk about today, right, automatic enrollment for new plans and long-time part-time employees Both have an effective date of January 1st, 2025, but plan sponsors and those charged with governors should not wait until, say, 2024 to start thinking about these mandatory provisions. So let's start with automatic enrollment and some of the key takeaways. 
We know it's for new plans, quote unquote, and new plans would be ones that are set up or established on or after December 29th, 2022, and that defaulting participants must be invested in a a QDIA, a qualified default investment alternative or option. And it sounds very simple, but Norma, let's start to unpack it, right? Like, what are some of the challenges that you think we're going to see out there with automatic enrollment? Well, the first thing is, you know, Joanne, it takes a while and it takes a village to put a new plan in place. So let's say in 2022, you know, you were a business and you were working on putting in place your very first ever 401k plan. And you got all your ducks in a row, you know, June, July, 2022, and your plan was going to launch on January 1st, 2023. And it was all set up. And then along comes the Secure 2.0 Act. It says for plans established on or after December 29th, 2022, you know, you're generally subject to this rule. And those employers who had done all the planning and all the legwork were kind of caught by surprise. It's like, wait a minute, you know, I don't, I don't feel that's fair, you know, but what happens in that fact pattern is even though the automatic enrollment and automatic escalation is not mandatory until January 1st, 2025, you would need to change your plan design before January 1st, 2025, so you could have it in effect for January 1st, 2025. But your plan that launched on January 1st, 2023 could happily continue the way you have it set up. Maybe you already have automatic enrollment, maybe you don't, from its initial launch date of January 1st, 2023, for all of 2023, all of 2024, you could let your sleeping dogs lie. You don't have to change anything. But starting January 1st, 2025, you are subject to that mandate. Now, there's a little bit of an out because there are exceptions. If you're a small business with 10 or fewer employees, you don't have to comply. Uh, if you are a new business that you've not been in business, if you've been in business for less than three years, you're not subject to the mandate. Uh, church plans, governmental plans, not subject to the mandate. But otherwise, it applies to everybody. And one school of thought is, well, you know, maybe sooner rather than later is the time to put the automatic enrollment and automatic escalation into your plan so that people just get used to it. Uh, The other school of thought is, hey, I've put so much into this, I'm just going to let it run for 2023 and 2024, and I'll change it in 2025. But that's something that, you know, people have been asking about. And, you know, what, another thing that people who have had plans for a long time, they're like, well, wait a minute, You know, I've had a plan well before December 29th, 2022, but what if I have a merger? You know, I mean, deals happen. Plans get merged. Is that going to be a new plan that's subject to this rule? You know, even if it's a multiple employer plan or a, a pooled employer, you know, MEP or a PEP, what if I join one of those because the government is making it attractive, you know, to take my standalone plan and and jump in to a MEP or a PEP? Am I going to then have automatic enrollment, automatic escalation as a mandate? Is that a new plan? Uh, The short answer is 
Well, we don't know, you know, whether it's a merger or a spinoff, we don't know. And so a lot of the retirement industry groups are sending letters to IRS and Treasury saying, look, we need immediate guidance on those situations. Now, conventional wisdom is those are not new plans because anytime you amend and restate and continue a plan that's already in existence, that plan doesn't die and you don't have a new plan. But we want to be careful what we ask for because, as you may recall, the IRS no longer issues individual determination letters if you're individually designed, right? You can get a determination letter on a new plan. And a lot of people have taken the opposite view and said, well, you see, I've spun off. It's a new plan. And I would like a determination letter, please. So (laughs) you've got to be careful what you ask for because you really can't have it both ways. Yeah. And we should just mention, right, it would be automatic enrollment at a minimum of 3% and a maximum of 10%. So they get to choose what they want that auto enrollment to be. And then auto escalation is at one percentage point per year up to at least 10%. So there are some things to think about. Right. And, And the whole point of this, it was section 101 of the Secure 2.0 Act. It was the very first thing that they put in under the heading of expanding coverage and increasing retirement savings. So there's definitely a push to get more people saving through workplace retirement plans. And they have found that inertia is a very powerful force. And if you have automatic enrollment and automatic escalation, as you said, the initial enrollment has to be at least 3%. It can't be more than 10%. And each year thereafter, you have to increase by 1% until you at least get to 10%, but not more than 15%. And it applies to 401k and 403bs. So those are you know, the provisions and the whole point of doing this is to increase retirement savings. People can always opt out. They're not stuck. If they don't want it, they can opt out. But a lot of people don't do anything. And so here they are reversing the presumption of voluntary elections and making them essentially negative elections, that if you do nothing, this is what's going to happen. Yeah, as you said, it's a push for more individuals being able to save for retirement. It'll be interesting to see what happens after 2025, what type of changes, if any, employers will do to their employer contribution. Well, more to come. I guess we're going to have to kind of wait to see what the additional guidance comes out with, with regards to what you're talking about, a merger spinoff. And so hopefully we'll get uh, something issued in the near future so that, you know, discussions can continue on. And Joanne, I'm going to notice that you say merger the same way I say merger, and it sounds like murder. (laughs) Sometimes mergers are murders, but people have said to me, Norma, do you mean, did you really mean like you're killing? I'm like, yeah, well, that's, that's how I pronounce it. Yeah, no, must be an East Coast thing. All right, on to long-term part-time employees. As I mentioned, we are, we had a, a previous episode about these individuals under the the original SECURE Act. Um, And at that point, under SECURE 1.0, original, whatever you want to call it, it was only open to 401k plans, 403b plans were excluded. Now, 
with Secure 2.0, four through Bs are included, and they've changed the time period from three years down to two years. And I can imagine we're going to have some questions and some confusion about that. Absolutely. And you're correct. Uh, when we did this podcast uh, on the original uh, rule, the 403Bs were not included because 403B plans have what's called a universal availability rule. Essentially, if anyone can make salary deferrals, then everyone has to be allowed to make salary deferrals. And there are some exceptions in the 403B world for the universal availability. One of the exceptions is, well, look, you know, you don't have to let people make deferrals if they regularly are scheduled to work um, under 20 hours a week. And so, you know, they had that carve out, you know, for a lot of part time people who don't work 20 hours. Um, so now people are asking, gee, how does the 20 hour rule work for 403B plans when you have this everybody has to get in? If they've got two years of service with 500 hours in a year, and we don't know, we're going to have to have some guidance on that. Uh, it it certainly seems that you know it is an open issue. And and one other thing to clarify, the Secure 2.0 expansion to 403b plans um, only expands to ERISA covered 403b plans. So if you are a non-ERISA 403b plan this expansion will not apply to you. So um, I know folks in the 403B world are like, wow, you know, we, we, we don't know how that's going to work. And besides the 403B, the folks in the 401K world are confused too, because I, I think Secure 2.0 was so overwhelming that a lot of people heard Oh, the long-term part-time, you know, employee rule got switched instead of three years under the original secure. Now it's two years. Okay, I get it. That's all I need to know. You really have to be careful because that's not exactly true. We have to live with both the original three-year rule and the new two-year rule, at least for this transition period. And you're like, wait a minute, what does that mean? Well, right. under the yeah, exactly under the original secure, it said, "Look, well, well, first let's back up. Generally, 401k plans can kick people out or not let them jo- not kick them out. They cannot let them join <laughs> if you don't have a uh, thousand hours and you're not age 21. So, folks who are not yet age 21 who don't have a thousand hours, they can be excluded from a 401k plan. Along comes in 2019 secure." the original secure, and it says, you know, we want to increase uh, access to workplace savings. So all these folks who have worked for you for a long time really ought to be able to get into your 401k plan. And so they said, okay, um, starting with January 1st, 2021, you have to track, does somebody have at least 500 hours of service? Not a thousand. Do they have at least 500 hours of service? And are they age 21? And if so, you have to let them in your plan only with respect to making salary deferrals. You don't have to give them a match. You don't have, all you have to do is open up the opportunity for them to save their own money in your workplace retirement plan. If they have consecutive three years with 
500 or more hours of service in each of those years. And so the original SECURE Act said, you got to count 2021, 22, 23, and bada bing, on January 1st, 2024, you've got to let those folks in for salary deferrals. And you still have to do it. That has (laughs) not changed. Yeah, no, it's an excellent point. I know we've been preaching um, to our clients, you know, make sure you're tracking it, right? It's so much easier to track it on a year-to-year basis than maybe get to the fourth quarter of 2023 and go, oh my God, I got to recreate these records. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's so much easier to capture it as you go along. The good thing about Secure 2.0 is they said, okay, we are going to clarify that pre-2021 does not matter for eligibility or vesting. The Secure Mm -hmm. Act had originally said that for eligibility, you tracked starting January 1st, 2021, but for vesting, you had to count all service. And so now it's, look, anything before January 1st, 2021, we don't care about for eligibility and for vesting. So that was a good clarification. And now we have the new Secure 2.0, the two-year rule. And the two-year rule says, okay, um, starting January 1st, 2021, uh, if someone has two years of service uh, with at least 500 hours you know, during the year, then they have to get in. And that takes effect January 1st, 2025. So for a period of time, you've got this overlap and you've got two measuring sticks, the original SECURE Act and the SECURE 2.0. One is a three-year measuring stick. The other is a two-year measuring stick. And for a while, you kind of have to do both. It's not an either or. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, uh, tracking and, and really understanding it is going to be key because you could see where with the two acts and the different guidance that there may end up being some operational errors where folks that were entitled to enter the plan didn't at the proper time. And then, like, as you said, uh, this is only under Secure 2.0 is only for ERISA 403B plans. But again, um, they're going to have to start tracking it now in 2023 and just We've been trying to calm people down and say, well, look, there is also some non-discrimination testing relief because some folks have said, oh, my goodness, all these, you know, lower paid part time people are going to suddenly be in my plan and that's going to mess up my testing. Well, they thought of that. uh, And Congress said, well, employers can elect to exclude the employees who become eligible to participate in the plan under this provision. So it's not going to mess up your testing. You know, so just like calm down, as Taylor Swift would say. <laughs> and you, when you were discussing um, the original Secure Act, it's uh, designed for employees to be eligible to participate in the plan, and they, you don't have to make them entitled to an employer contribution. That provision is the same under Secure 2.0, correct? Correct. No employer money will be spilled or expensed as a result of allowing these folks to simply save their own money in your plan. You don't have to put in anything for them. Well, that was a lot to uh, to discuss. And I, I think what we'll see is a lot of people, um, a lot of clients, prospects, those charged with governance, really asking some questions and, and trying to to make sure that they're on the right page. But again, as you mentioned, may need some additional guidance, uh, especially about the 20-hour rule coming down the pipeline. 
and we'll see what the impact is and what the next couple of years hold for for the uh, long-term part-time employees. Absolutely. There's there's so much here and it's easy to feel overwhelmed, but you know, uh, now that we're you know, a month after the enactment, um, people are starting to look at digestible bites of specific rules. And it's a lot. It's a lot to take on and trying to organize what do I have to focus on first? I think the poll from your webinar was spot on that these two provisions, the automatic enrollment mandate and the long-term part-time employees are two that deserve attention immediately in the big sea of changes that people are facing. Yes, I would agree. Well, we definitely know Secure 2.0 will be keeping everyone busy for years to come, from the regulatory agencies to plan sponsors and those charged with governance to service providers, including auditors. We'll be hosting another Secure 2.0 webinar on March 30th to address questions you may have on Secure 2.0. Please submit your questions to BDO Talks Arissa at BDO.com so that we can build them into the agenda. Um, for more information on topics relating to retirement and HR trends, go to the BDO ERISA Center of Excellence on BDO.com. Norma, I greatly appreciate you hopping on and talking us through these two provisions today. My pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Okay. See you next time, everyone. Thank you for listening to BDO Talks ERISA. Past episodes and information about how to join us for our next live recordings are available at bdo.com slash bdotalksarissa. Or you can go to iTunes or Spotify to rate, review, and subscribe. The views expressed by our guests do not necessarily reflect the views of BDO. For more information on BDO's ERISA Center of Excellence and the services we provide, visit bdo.com slash ERISA.